Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family, we chose this one. This is episode 240, Muppets Most Wanted from 2014. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Too, and this episode's brought to you by Fairy Tale Mysteries, the puppet thief available on Steam. When evil puppeteers kidnap souls of innocent children, you're assigned your first mission as Brothers Grim Investigator. Shout out to the puppet thief on Steam. After the break, we'll be talking about Muppets Most Wanted, Michael McGann's patron pick. But first up, extracurricular activities. Joe, what have you been up to since we last spoke? I've actually been doing one specific thing, and I have to give a shout out to Brian, late, late, late night, Rodriguez. You see, you gave me your tongue twisters. I hope that you keep Why the cut intro. that out? Nope. No, I hope no, you no, put no, it no, at the no. end as like a blooper reel, but Joey took I don't like do, I don't si- do that. 75 takes to do the intro today. Um, my goal in editing now is to make myself look good and make you look worse. So That's always hard. It's not hard. So I'm glad I'm making your job easier. <laughs> um, but I blew through all of Formula One Drive to Survive in like the past week, and it is really awesome. Highly recommended. Brian was a thousand percent right. A bunch of my friends had been watching it for a long time. Um, I think that even you might like it. It's like reality TV show of Formula One. So even if you're not big into the cars, it's cool because it's more about the dynamics of like the teams battling each other and the young drivers and the older driver on the same team and how they react to each other and how they can you know, work together for the team and drivers that are just like trying to look out for themselves. Super cool. Blew through all four seasons of it. So that's pretty much what I've been up to for the past week. Other than that, like laying low, I think that you guys should check it out if you haven't already. I actually told Wes about it because he was talking to me about something else. And I was like, I think that even he would like it because like I said, it's not like, oh, this is like this part of the engine that they're doing and things like that. It's just like, you know, this guy wants to win and this is why he wants to beat the other guy and stuff like that. So I thought it was really cool. What have you been up to, brother? Well, on Thursday, I saw the film Men in oh. theaters, the Alex Garland film Men, Jesse Buckley, A24. Do you know about this? Have you seen trailers for this? No, I haven't. So it's about, it's. I mean, it's largely just about how men are terrible, men are creepy, it's it's hard to be a woman in the world, so the best review that I saw for this was just like, this is a great movie, but the people who need to see this aren't going to see it, ah, uh, because, okay. you know what I mean? Like, Makes sense, if, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're creepy, like if you're... I don't want to judge, but like I would say that most people who are into A24, and this is also probably a broad generalization, but people who are into A24 horror movies, like sort of like a very kind of liberal whatever mindset, whatever, are probably pretty, you know, good to other people, I would imagine, right? So like there's a, there's not a lot of crossover between people like, ooh, I got to go see this Jesse Buckley horror movie by Alex Garland, right? Like, and yeah, <laughs> yeah. whatever. But it's great. So I highly recommend that. It's in theaters only now. I'm sure it'll be on on demand, you know, in a month or something because A24, you know, gets somewhere pretty quickly. But highly recommend that. Then on Friday night, I had my friends Desiree and Ben, friend of the show. She's written in before. Desiree Curry Mm -hmm. came in. They came into town because this past weekend was my barbecue. Nice. So I had my annual family barbecue. It was great. Uh, you were not there. I was feeling you under the weather. Hate so me. No, I was feeling under the weather. Don't want to inflict anyone with some cooties. But how was it? 
It was great. Uh, very, very hot. I got angry because like on Monday Why? and Tuesday, oh. it was like 91. Or no, 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 no. On Saturday and Sunday, it was 95 and 91. And then yesterday, today, and on Monday. So these all three days this week have been like 70 to 75 and Beautiful. absolutely perfect. And Gorgeous. I walked outside yep. on Monday. And I, was just, I got angry. I was like, why <laughs> is it this nice today? Why couldn't this have been like this yesterday? But it was great. It didn't rain, which is the important thing. Last year at your um, barbecue was, or like I think it was last the yeah last year. Every like year also it's hot. Stupid hot for no reason. It's just every like year it's cursed. hot. This was like the hottest it had been this year. I think it had been like eighty two ish, and it was ninety five, and then ninety one. So mm, nice. You know, normal stuff, but it was great. Yeah, I had uh, friends of the show, Mike Manzi and the resident historian, and Brian late night slumber party. Rodriguez came down on Saturday. I'm trying to think if other people from the show or people that we would have known or been there. I'm probably forgetting people. Oh, Nico was there. Nico, Kevo, and Jonah came on Sunday, which was Very cool. cool. Yeah. Chris Podcast was there both days. He stayed over. But yeah, a lot of friends who were in this sphere came over. So it was great. I'm, I wish it was cooler, but it did not rain, which is the important thing and a good turnout and lots of food and family and friends. So that was that was very nice. And I think that was largely it. Last night we did a... Uh, Bonus episode for the Patreon of Which was Thief, awesome. Michael Mann film Thief. So that's out now as you listen to this. So go yeah. check that out. And I think that's basically it because next week we'll, we'll get into the at the end of this episode what we're doing over the next couple of weeks, the next few weeks, because that'll sort of dictate the short term future. All good things. Nothing yeah. bad. But that's I've got some exciting things coming up. But yeah, that's basically it, I think. I made a, I made a video game called Death's Door, which is like an indie game, which is kind of like a Souls-like, so sort of similar to the Dark Souls games like Elden Ring, kind of, but much, much smaller and not as brutally difficult, but it was fun, so I enjoyed that, so that's free on Game Pass. If you're out there playing games, you want to check out that one, check out Death's Door. While you're buying on, The Puppet Thief. Uh, the Puppet Thief, colon, or The Fairy Tale Mysteries, colon, The Puppet Thief by yeah. Big Fish Games. Exactly. But speaking of the Patreon bonus episode, we have a Patreon page here on the show, Too Fast, TooForever.com. Shout out to Cassie Wilson, Ben Milliman, Nick Burris, Alex Ellen, and Justin Kleinman, Brian Rodriguez of High School Slumber Party, Haley Gerbys, Wes Hampton, Jerry Robinson, Dan the Duke Hayden, Renato DiDonato, the Man of the Hour, Michael McGann, Lane Middleton, Lindsay Lewandowski, Nate Milton of the Kings of Sport, Jason Rainey, and Jessica Collins, a.k.a. Montez. Thank you all for supporting us at the $5 a month level or above and joe i got a very exciting thing since last time new one dollar patron meet grant rinner so he joined us for an episode last time and then kicked in a buck i guess to listen to his episode early so thank you shout out to grant grant was a fun guy man he Mm -hmm. was he was like so joyous and and stoked to to just bullshit with us and Mm -hmm. um and i think that you probably left it in but he kind of put his foot in the door to maybe come back sometime. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited. He was a good dude. Yeah, for sure. So shout out to Grant. Thank you, Grant, for joining us. But we have an email address, family at cageclub.me. And Joe, once again, no emails, no new emails. So we're still waiting on people to email in and family at cageclub.me. We got an email for a boyfriend material uh, asking us, because the trailer for The Gray Man, which is the new Gosling, Anna de Armas, Chris Evans movie, directed by the Rooster Brothers, coming to Netflix this summer. Trailer came out this week. And so uh, I do not know how to pronounce his name. I also don't think it's somebody from Serbia um, who I don't think is listening to this show. Maybe they are. I don't know. But they loved 
boyfriend material, and they hope that we return for that. <laughs> There's also a new Zac Efron movie, Firestarter, so we got some stuff to do, you know, once things settle yeah. down a little bit this summer. So we got some options. We got some uh, studly men to come back and also i know there's something that you don't quite know about that i know about that will be happening long term which we'll get to eventually which i just want you to be a little bit scared a little bit intrigued but it's happening eventually okay okay but that's all the emails again family at cageclub.me if you want to write in joe on the streets news by the fast and furious one big thing and one smaller thing than i have at least one huge thing that happened and it happened again immediately after we recorded, right? No, no, it no, 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 no wait, what? Hold on, what? The huge, the huge news. I thought, I thought, are we talking about the same huge news? Well, there was something. The the big new casting news only happened like a day or two ago. Oh, okay. I, I for some reason in my brain that it happened right after we recorded last week. No, I don't think so. I mean, like, right after last week, they we the, the little news and little what? very appropriate was right after we recorded that Scott Eastwood is coming back for Fast X. That's that is, right. Okay, he's so, returning as a little nobody. That yes. did happen a day or so within us recording. Okay, so I mixed the two, but okay, cool. Uh, yes, yes, one of them did happen right after we recorded, yes, 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 and yes, I made yes, a joke yes. about it. But then something bigger happened. Yes. Okay. Cool. But then the big news this week is that Rena Marina, we had joked about her, we had talked about her, we had referenced the the possibility that she could join the family, is officially joining Fast 10 as Dom's grandmother, which feels too old. I mean, I know that she's 90, but Vin is 54. It feels like she could probably play a mother as opposed to her grandmother, but who knows? I don't know. I don't know either, but this was so spooky to me because if you guys were listening, you know that like... I think even the last episode Brian was on, but like I can't keep track. It was maybe the one before that or something like that. Brian specifically brought this up and casted her in Fast and the Furious. It was like kind of a little bit out there, right? Like that's not like a... I don't know. There are not that many older ethnic women in Hollywood still working. And ethnic, I mean just not white. That's fair. Touché. But still, this feels like a little, yeah, so when we talked about this, I was like, I think Brian was the one who said this, and he said it months ago, like maybe almost, like at least six months, probably a year, and I'm like talking to him about this, and we're like trying to figure out if this is another case of we feel like they're listening to us, or we're just in so deep that like if you start to connect the dots, we'll eventually just get shit right. I think it's partly, they're definitely not listening to us. I know no. that for a fact. I know you keep saying that, and I know it would be awesome if they were. They're definitely not. But I, I do think that we've done enough episodes of this. We're closing in on 250 where it's like, we've said so many names, we've offered so many names up. And I was also saying this to you, like, there's so many times you're like, somebody, anybody's just like, oh my God, it's it's Crank. It's Jason Statham and Crank and like a, a sports thing. It's just like, well, yeah, I mean, we've done like 125 movies or something. So yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. the more our spider web sort of goes out into the world, the more it's like, oh, yeah, we got that. Right. Like, so. Yes, yes, yes. True. You know. Fair. I I, the, I I do think the only thing that would really truly prove Too Fast Too Forever as creative consultants for the podcast, for the for the franchise is if No Knees Denise returns. Yeah, can okay. Because like, no one look, else wants that, guys. If you're like listening, just just drop in a Denise reference in ten, Vin. Just one Denise reference in ten. No knees, Denise, or just a no knees reference, and then we'll know that we've been talking. Okay, that's mm-hmm. it. That's all I want. So that's all we want. 
just for clarity, no knees, Denise, in 10 at some point. Quick reference, and then we'll know. Easy. Easy. Just do it. Yeah, that's a one-liner. I mean, like, you know, we've heard some really dumb one-liners in the Fastiverse, but, like, just give us that one, and we'll know that you're directly talking to us. Yeah. I think that's all the news that came out in the last week, though. There was a Scott Eastwood returning, because we were also talking about how the week before we had done Thunderbolt and Lightfoot, so then last week we were like, oh, we didn't forget about the connection. You're like, I didn't know he was his son, blah, 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 and we were talking about him, and then it was the weird timing that was like, oh, he's Dead coming on. back, which makes sense. Yep. And then Rita Marino, but I think that's all the news. There's, you know, Vin Diesel's sharing a lot of things on his Instagram, so if you want, like, pictures of him and Jordana, him and Michelle, him and By this, him way- and that, whatever... I've been seeing a lot of Jordana Brewster's posts on Twitter because like, I'm not a big Instagrammer. I think that they're just shared from Instagram. She's been posting a ton of stuff too, like pictures of like people on set and her. And she looks great and uh, great follow. So check that out if you haven't. Yeah. Joe, is Dwayne Johnson in Fast 10? No, I don't think he is at all. But he is in... Just like just like the franchise is ending with a two-part series or two-part movie event or whatever, if that's still the case. Who knows? Young Rock Season 2 ended with a two-part episode extravaganza, which we did not know about. Which was a cluster fuck this morning. I watched the first, like, nine... So the way... If anybody followed... I don't think anybody saw this on, on Twitter because nobody interacted with us on Twitter about this, but I put a PSA out there and I was like, hey... If you're watching Young Rock to watch season two and you're watching it on Hulu, Hulu is just going to prompt you to watch the finale because you and I both separately, different houses, different devices, opened up Young Rock. And I was just like, hey, here's the finale. Watch the finale. We're like, cool. No, it said up next on Young Rock for me on like Hulu. So I was like, oh, yeah, yes. It's in the keep Keep watching watching. row for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Which, if you're watching, like, you know, X, like, I'm watching X-Files, there's obviously not new X, new episodes of X-Files, but it's just like, hey, you watch the one, here's the next one. Yep. And so, last week, we talked about episode 10, and then here we go, it's episode 12, and I was like, maybe... So, you message me this morning, and you're like, hey, like, which ep did you watch? Something, like... Because like, I, I was like, there's two up. episodes, because I watched the first nine minutes, and then I was looking something up, and I was like, wait a minute, this isn't the, this isn't the right episode title... And then I look back, and there have been two. So last night, as we record this, on Tuesday the 24th, they yes. aired two new episodes back-to-back, which makes a lot of sense. A lot of shows do that to wrap up a season. They'll do like do a they? full hour special, whatever. Yeah, it just premieres and finales. It's not uncommon for that to do it. But they usually, they usually do it as like a double bonus episode, not two episodes back-to-back is what I am – it depends. So, like, to. what's what I think, and this is also what it goes to show about the storytelling in Young Rock. The way they tell these stories is that each of these is so standalone. That, yes. Like it's, yes. 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 The the through line of him running for president, which spoilers loses, which we'll talk about that. Oh God! It's so standalone there that like it it doesn't like it's not like one an hour long finale it's two very different stories it's about the saudi arabia thing and him joining the wwf and yes. then it's about the finale here and a lot more modern day and then you know little dewey balancing four girls and blah 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 so it's not like it was one like long thing where it's like an hour in saudi arabia or an hour at the wwf or whatever it's like just two episodes so it's, it's a little weird but it's episodes. not it's not yeah. rare right and i think this probably plays into i think like Maybe we were talking to Nico and Kevo about, like, episode, like, 
structured number of episodes. They probably like had to hit 12 or so, whatever, whatever, right? Like instead of one super long 11th episode, it was 11 and 12 because there's 12, whatever. Okay. Who knows? But we have season two, episode 11. You got to get up. You got to get down to get up. And then season two, episode 12, let the people decide. So in the one that we both skipped that we went back to, Forrest Whitaker is back has wine cellars everywhere, and at the end of the episode comes back with Julian in what feels like a very frustrating waste of time for Julian to be in this episode as well. Because I originally watched yes. episode 12, I was like, oh, this is a pretty good episode. Which is the actual finale, yes. The actual finale, I was like, ah, it's, you know, like, interesting turn that he doesn't win. You know, they really, like, kind of sideburnered that Julian shit, like... I can't believe they've been dragging us along all season, and then at the end they're just like, oh, uh, like... They resolve it off screen. Yeah, they resolve it off screen, essentially. They come back and they're like, okay, like, we took a picture together, everything's fine. Like, Julian's kid is much like Julian was and doesn't believe his dad knows The Rock, and that's why he started this, blah, blah, blah. Like, cyclical trauma, I guess, but, like, the funniest, lamest possible version of that. and Generational trauma. And I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. Maybe I missed something, like, but it feels like something that they would do. Turns out that's exactly what they did anyways, right? Yeah, so it starts with, they're like, hey, my son is pissed. Julian's like, my son is pissed because he thinks that The Rock hates my dad. He's like, just take a picture with me. We'll post it. And then, like, that's fine. So it's like, oh, that's all it took. So yes. I'm just like, oh, that's it's weird that all season long... We've been building toward this thing that was supposed to be like, this is the the main obstacle in him becoming the president. Yes. Right? Yeah, it's exactly. It's like Julian showing up and being like, you're a bad guy. America needs to know. And he's like and ruining so, his whole bid for election by just like fighting with this guy. Yep. Yeah. So I was like, okay. So they resolved it off screen. That's weird, but that's fine. Whatever. We're moving on. At least that's over. And then I realized, oh, I missed an episode. I I guarantee you, episode 11 is all about Julian. And it's all about, like, coming yep. to terms and whatever. Yep. And he shows up with three minutes left, and he's just basically like, fuck you, The Rock. We're done. You're a terrible guy. I hope you lose. And then The Rock's like, well, there's nothing I can do. And he's like, but wait a minute, there is. And the episode ends. And it's like, wait, hold on, what? And it kind of just does the, like... You don't even need that to get to the next episode. So, like, they did exactly what we were worried about, like, or what, like, I was bitching about. So, he just needs to take a picture with his kid, and that's it. So, I'm just like, all right. So, the Julian thing, not great. It turns out that the real roadblock to him becoming the president is this third party, the Chrome Party, which is not winning <laughs> states, but is, like, taking votes away from him. Ha, 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 ha. What? That, that was kind of like the... 2016 election story right like that's what they stole i guess like the I, green parties pilfering votes to i mean that's always been like you know the, the idea yeah the what i was more trying to figure out was is he running as a republican re, republican or a democrat because he wins ohio which is a swing state but he loses new york in a surprise what new color york, are the states i don't remember now that you said this cuz i wasn't well, paying well new attention. york is almost always democrat it's almost no, no, always no. i mean when they showed it on the show oh no like, i'm saying i'm saying he wins ohio but he loses new york so okay. if he loses but he's supposed to win new york it's a surprise he loses new york so like this is in the future i'm saying when they showed the states though what color did they show them that should be the giveaway like 
like oh no it was like orange and green oh yeah no no they they did a very distinct we're not gonna address democrat yes okay i'm still trying to think because we know in real life the rock is a republican but not in favor of trump whatever right is he is that true i don't know yeah, remember he did the whole like he. I think he did like the whole jabron. Like he he did that whole Instagram thing coming out against Trump. I believe. I believe that, but I didn't know that he like announced a party affiliation. Oh, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure that he is, sem- somewhat publicly Republican. Okay. Uh, yeah, I just never caught it. Because we talked we talked about that in here before about like if he runs, he would not run as a Democrat. He would run. He would probably run as a Republican. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. That's like the Schwarzenegger type thing, right? Hmm. So like Caitlyn Jenner too. That makes sense, yeah. So it's a surprise he loses New York, and New York always goes Democrats. So I'm like, okay, but Ohio's a swing state. But he wins Texas, which is very Republican, but loses Michigan, another another swing state. He loses Florida, a swing state. He loses California, which is always Democrat. So, like, it's like this weird – so he's Republican, but he was supposed to win New York, and I don't know why. He was, so who it's knows what? Yeah, yeah. It's not that far in the future. Shit changes, man. Don't worry. Not that quickly. Not that quickly. Not in, what's this, 10 years? Uh, yeah, I think 10 or 20. 2032, I think, right? So, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's the real come up, though, at the end, is that he loses the election, and the last line of the season is, I lost, but the journey is never over. So I don't know what next season's going to be. I mean, it was renewed for season three, but I don't know, I don't know what this is going to be. Well, this, I think this is part of my, my theory that, like, remember we were talking and I was like, are they going to run this until election season or something like that? Now they could just do the heat just running in the, the next election or preparing for it. Like he can start a new cycle essentially for another four years, maybe, or he's going to try to do something else. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? But yeah, that's, I didn't expect the, at the pace we were going, you were right that we had to get to the election. I thought that it would be a cliffhanger at the end of the season. Um, I didn't expect to get the results by the end of this episode. Well, because there's like there's like two minutes left, like the credits start rolling at the end, right? Like the directed by, written by, star, yeah, blah, yeah, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And they're like, oh, and this is like, and it's just like, does like, and it's Ohio, and it's Texas. I'm just like, oh, so we're going to like get like re- election results. And I thought for a second that your idea was like, that you had a couple weeks ago, a couple episodes ago, whatever, was all next season going to be election too. And I'm like, I don't want to drag this out that far. But they're like, no, he loses. And she's like, oh, like it was like a, it was, it hurried up so much. So I was just like, I, it yes. caught me off guard. I agree that they summed up the end very, very fast. So, yep, agreed a thousand percent. But in these other episodes, what did you like about these? What did you not like about these? The 11th episode, I think, I, I thought you were going to like a lot because it's a lot of wrestling. It's his debut in the WWF. I liked it a ton. The 11th episode was really cool. I think that that was even like kind of more wrestling, right? Because it's like him kind of finishing up his like entrance into the wwf right it's that whole the the last piece from like him working in nashville to like getting the call up and that was really cool because you got to see stone cold steve austin like they're watching the the king of the ring when when stone cold is like austin 316 says i just whipped your ass and they all Mm -hmm. like look at each other and go like that was awesome like like they all know at the same time like to see the wrestling people be like that was probably one of the coolest promos I've ever seen in my life. You know, like, it's awesome. And it talks about his relationship with Bruno and him, like, starting to introduce the rockisms, which I thought was really cool, too. Because uh, it leads up that, like, Bruno has, like, had an ascension and come back. And this actor is another guy that we don't talk about enough. I think he's awesome in this show. Do you like Bruno in the show? 
I think Bruno's good. I also like that they had the real life Bruno that they showed like pictures of, I guess, the real life Bruno. And like yes. they, they did a pretty good job of like recreating his look and his aesthetic and his feel in this actor. I agree. And I think that he's probably was probably like an awesome dude, too. You know what I mean? Like The Rock really likes him. But I think generally, I think he was probably an awesome dude and like a guy that like I would want to hang out with because he just like loved wrestling and just like wanted to be in the business. And this is what he did. And he like didn't mind like his like his life wasn't going great as we see, but he's never like brought brought down by that because he's still doing what he loves. So he's he's excited about it. But The Rock is working on his like mic thing. So we got clips of like Ric Flair like doing cutting promos and stuff like that as like The Rock is like kind of like training himself to be good on the mic. And then at the end the story is that like this the guy that's like the booking agent is also a wrestler and is like picking on Bruno and in the middle of a match that he's like really picking on Bruno and like calling him out and stuff and just being an asshole, The Rock takes the mic and cuts a wrestling promo against this guy, and he uses the, like, it doesn't matter what you say, like, this type of stuff, and starts injecting some of the Rockisms in it, and I think it was really, really cool. So I I did like this one a lot. Did you like it? I loved it. I thought it was great. I love, I mean, my favorite one, I think, like you said, like you, like we've both said before, the oldest Dewey is, I think, just... uh, He's just great, and I love seeing his, like, ascension into, like, yep. not things I yep. know about, but, like, we're getting closer to the Rock era that I know, and just, yes, man, he's got the charisma, he's got the charm, it's just, it's great. We had restarted watching a bunch of the Attitude Era stuff, so we saw, like, some of the beginnings of the Attitude Era, like, right when the Rock, like, finished being Rocky Maivia became like he was like rocky mayavia but like he had joined the nation of domination like he'll he'll do an ascension right because like they're kind of alluding to it i think in the second episode that he was like supposed to be the new hero but nobody liked him he does not have the attitude yet right and so like they're looking for something new and he's got the look he's got the thing but he doesn't have what they want and they even have vince mcmahon like oh we might have made a mistake like we don't know if this is if this is good or not yeah, because wrestling is like they're they're feeding you actors and stuff, but it's ultimately up to the crowd to decide like if they want somebody to succeed or not, right? Like that's yeah. the whole thing. So yeah, so you will see like there is a whole period of like The Rock having to transition into The Rock, and he like joins a wrestling crew, which is the Nation of Domination, and he's slowly building to break out again and be The Rock. So yeah, it's. It's really cool, and it's a really cool, weird part of wrestling because wrestling had just transitioned, like he says, to the Attitude Era, and that's where, like, there was a stoppage, and there's, like, a definite point that you can, like, point to and be like, this was it, because there was one night of, like, Raw or something that Vince McMahon, like, like, has, like, an actual video in Raw. Do you know this? Can I tell you this No, I don't think so. Maybe not? I don't know. Like, it's, it's starting to come up. It kind of starts with uh, Stone Cold, a King of the Ring. But then, like, in between that, or right around that time, I forget if it's before or after, Vince McMahon releases, like, a video during Raw, and he's like, look, we're starting a new... It's, like, serious. It's not a promo. He's like, we're starting a new era. Like, it's going to be a little bit more aggressive. It's going to be a little bit more edgy. It's probably not going to be for kids. And he, like, announces this to everyone that, like, you know, like, we're we're turning a new leaf here. Bear with us. We're kind of, like, starting something different. And, like, it might not be what you expect. And, like, that was the beginning of the Attitude Era because, like, he, like, 
definitively announced it on wrestling that like they were gonna take a turn and like so that's where it begins so it's it the beginning of it's kind of weird but it definitely just like hits a stride pretty quick that like it's gonna be stone cold the rock undertaker triple h all these guys the like we know like that era begins like and it just runs for years so it's pretty funny that they use the like the narrative like i don't know we might have made a mistake here like i don't know if he's gonna be good or not though like because clearly it works out right like that's that's the whole like broader picture here is that like the rock becomes a star and like it becomes a star exactly the way like they haven't shown what you just said but like that's what people know like i know that he becomes a wrestling icon right i don't know the specifics you know the specifics but like nobody watching the show is like oh no is he gonna make it it's like yeah if he didn't, there wouldn't <laughs> there be, a be show. the show. Yeah, exactly. Very true. It's like it's the King Richard effect, right? That like when I was watching King Richard, I really liked the movie, and, and like although like Will Smith is down, you're like, well, Venus and Serena Williams become the two greatest tennis players of all time. So right, yeah, it, yeah you're not. He doesn't lose. So yeah, it it'll be interesting to see it play out because I don't think that a lot of people know this like weird. It's cool that they're like you know Rocky Maivia with like this the goofy necklace. Polynesian costumes that shit mm-hmm. going on. Vince kind of being in doubt is interesting. I was glad that we actually got the Saudi Arabia story that like we were talking about last time. Yeah, and it's more interesting than I thought it was going to be because he he signs up to do this like independent league or whatever, and then Vince is like, the reason I didn't bring you to the, the WWF is because I want you to wrestle for the WWF over there. I'm trying to go overseas, and I want you to be the face of it. He's like, yeah, man, sure. And then like Vince goes over there and sees yes. he's already being like advertised. He's just like, oh. So yeah, Rocky and Vince, like we see them reconcile when at the end when the dream yeah. is coming up, right? Yes, but like, yes. like it's cool. Like I, what I like about the character, and I think that this is probably also true of the, of the man, is that Rocky Johnson is so good and pure, and like he only has the best intentions, but always can't get out of his own way. And, like, if he was just more honest or if he was just whatever. It seems the way it's being portrayed in the show is that because of his upbringing and because of his struggles and because he's always, like, running the gimmick, that he can't get out of his own way, right? Like, like, the things that make him a great wrestler are the things that make him such a shit person. Mm -hmm. And, like, and you can't kind of get... He can't kind of reconcile those two things. And if he would have just told Vince, like, oh, fuck, I fucked up. And, like, yep. I already did this thing. Or, like, bailed on that guy. Or whatever. Like, he could have unfucked this. But he just doesn't. <laughs> so. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 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 And, like, the the, the only disappointment, and this isn't, like, a thing about the TV show. It's just, like, how it played out in real life, I would imagine, is that when Dwayne and Rocky, like, wrestle together for the first time, it just sort of tanks because the fans don't, like, Dwayne. They don't know Rocky, right? So, like, it should be this triumphant moment. Like, I'm wrestling with my dad. Like, when the Griffies, when Ken Griffey Jr. and his dad, like, played the outfield together and they hit back-to-back home runs, it was like this, oh, my God, like, this is an incredible moment. Yes. And then here, it's just, like, it's a new kid. They don't really know him. They don't like him. They probably, like, the casual wrestling fan might not know, because it's not like Rocky Johnson was, like, a mainstay in WWF, right? Like, yep. it's just so, it's like, Unless you have, your, like, your dad there with you telling you, like, look, like, right. that guy was great, and this is, and it's not, like, the era of, like, streaming where, like, I can go back and watch all the beginning of yep. the Attitude Era stuff. Like, yep. if you didn't have, like, somebody that had videotapes of it in their basement, you would have like, no idea. you need, you need idea. to be a diehard. You need to be someone yes. who's there, like, when he's talking to, when high school Dewey 
in like the, the one of the flashbacks is talking to the fabulous moolah like that old woman like the you yes. know the kind of mean she she's great. like yep. she's like oh i know your grandma she's like yeah because he's like i'm not afraid of you i grew up with tougher women and she's like you rocky's kid so like she knows because like everybody in the business knows but to the casual fans just like i don't like this kid i don't know who this guy is yeah, yeah, they brought in this old guy. What the fuck is this? And it's like, it's right. his dad. And you're like, okay, cool. Nobody. And, and like, if you're watching wrestling, that could be his dad in quotation marks, just like Kane and The Undertaker were brothers too, right? So, like, you're like, oh, is this, like, another character that they're bringing in to be, like, his dad? And it's like, no, it's actually his dad. And you just missed out. Yeah. Anything else to say about either of these two episodes? I was a little disappointed in the finale, I don't. I can't put my finger on precisely why it just didn't deliver what I wanted in terms of the overall story arc finale. But the individual episodes, like the episodes themselves, I thought were pretty good. Well, I think that's the thing, and I think that's like I don't know if we've said it specifically. We probably have in some form or other, but like each individual episode, I think is it ranges from like pretty good to great. But the overall season arc of either him running for president. Yep. Or Julian against Julian, it just doesn't matter. And like I think, in a certain to a certain extent, they kind of tip that hand here because it's like let's just rush through it, like just get over with it. Like and and we we keep referring to it as like a framing device, the through line, whatever. But like I don't even know if you need it. Like I I I get that like not having it means the Rock is not in your episodes, and I want the Rock in the episodes because I think him and Randall Park together are great. But like. Either yeah, they need some kind of device spend for more it. Time. Yeah, I don't know, man, because it's not working, I don't think. Like, that's the only thing that's not working. But it's it's weird that it's not working, because it should work really well. Even worse, to continue on that, I think you're right. The Rock and Randall Park work really well. But, like, you can't just, like, have them sit down every episode and be like, let's have a fireside chat, you know? Like, so I get that you need something. The idea that he was running for president was a cool idea, but that at the end... I don't want more of it, but I feel like you do need more of that to just make it work. Like it was it was interesting to me that there was so much time, not so much time, but much more time spent in the in present day in 2032 in the finale because it's like they're they're talking about they're kind of like wrapping up the season, looking at re- election results, learning life lessons, talking about that. They're flashing a little back to all three of the Deweys, right? So yes, like, we get three one different Deweys. Like yep. Their premieres and the finales and doing all that stuff. But like, even in the modern day, I'm just like, they're kind of just sitting around watching TV. Like, it just, I, I want more. And I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. That's but. what I'm saying. I can't give them like, you know, sometimes we sit here and we're like, oh, like, it would be better if they would do this. I have no solution for it. I don't know what a better option is. I just know that this one isn't right. the good option. So Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. Before we get to the minute, big breaking news, Apple greenlit a live-action Speed Racer TV series that J.J. Abrams is going to produce. What? That's pretty cool. Speed Racer. I'm back. I hope it's as weird and trippy as the... uh, It's going to be hard to top that Wachowski version. Like, there was the the anime, obviously, which I have not seen, but then the Wachowski's version, man, I don't know. know. It's... Did anybody... Is there any casting news? It's just greenlit. I think so. Okay. Apple TV Plus is prepping... Speed Racer, a high-profile live-action series from J.J. Abrams' Bad Robot and Warner Brothers Television, where the company is under a deal. Details are sketchy, but I hear the project, written by Hiram Martinez from Snowpiercer, the TV show, and Ron Fitzgerald from Westworld, is going back to the original source material as a live-action take on the classic manga. I hear the series is now staffing a writer's room, and then they just talk about, yeah, so they're just finding finding writers, they're not finding cast yet. Who would you be your ultimate Speed Racer casting right now? I don't know anything about the original manga, I have no idea. 
I know you're going to say Chalamet. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, I was going to say Chalamet or Arbats. But um, with it being an Apple TV Plus thing, which we've talked about before too, it's like Apple TV has been putting out not a ton of shows, but really good ones. They're ramping up. I think the number is definitely increasing, but the quality is sticking, which is sort of surprising, which is very nice to see. Yes. Yeah, so I'm um, excited to see how this goes. And I think that they'll do a pretty decent job. And J.J. Abrams, too. That's pretty cool. I'm curious to see who they cast as Speed Racer, because I think that there'll be some fun, interesting options for it. I wonder if there'll be an unknown. Maybe it'll be an unknown. Maybe it'll be an unknown yeah. quantity. I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea, so... All right, Joe, the final thing to do before we take a break is the Fast and the Furious Minute, the Too Fast, Too Furious Minute, Minute 63, a minute I called Rat Scratch Fever. Ow, ow, ow. She's fighting me! What? Got something you want to say? Do what? Say it. You betray me, and my rat here is going to visit your wife, Lynn, yeah, your son, Clay, and your daughter, Lexi. Do you hear me? Do you understand me? Huh? You hear me? I'll burn you! No, it's not. I'll burn him up. Now, you can go. Get rid of him. Let's go. In this minute, Carter continues to heat the bucket, covering the rat as Whitworth continues to squirm. Eventually, Whitworth gives in, saying he'll give Carter his window of time he asked for. Carter threatens Whitworth, demanding obedience, and saying if he doesn't get his window, Carter's rat will go torture Whitworth's family, Carter lets Whitworth go, and Enrique and Roberto manhandle him out of the room as the minute ends. So I was looking back, because it feels like we've been here forever. Yes. And the seductress brought the detective to the room in minute 60. So it's been like three and a half minutes of Whitworth here, but it's just, fe- I mean, that's that's a month in our time, right? Like it's, that's four weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it does feel like a while, but it's, it hasn't been crazy. It's just been nothing going on for a month. Interesting you bring that up because I rewatched a bunch of the previous minutes too because um, I told you this was like the apps like I've said it before this was the worst minute for me I've ever done there's yeah. literally nothing there's nothing on the walls there's nothing new they don't show me any part of the torch the bucket the anything anything nope. anything anything there's nothing it's just faces cut very quickly no distinctive like signs, anything. But I noticed something very, very interesting. Okay. So I'm sitting there. I'm pausing a bunch, going back and forth. As I pause at one point, there is a guy behind Brian and Roman. A guy behind Brian and Roman. Have you noticed this before? I don't think that I have because I just, I heard what you said and it took me a minute to process it. No, I don't know who this is. How many people are in the room right now? We have Carter and Monica, Roberto and Enrique, Correct. Ryan and Roman, Correct. Yes. So seven, plus this mystery guy, apparently. There's two extra guys in this room that we never caught before. Really? Yes. And I went back and watched previous minutes to determine it. And you know how I know. And how you'll understand. Have they been in previous minutes, or is this the first time they showed up? 
No, they've been in previous minutes. They were not walking with them into this room. They were not shown in this room when we circled the room and Carter's like opening the champagne. Okay. Oh, I see somebody standing with, cl- with crossed arms behind Roman now. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's different clothes than Enrique and uh, Roberto. Well, they're also like they're on his arms, right? So like, yes. Yes. And we know that they're holding his arms down. Monica's holding his mouth down. There is a guy that comes in when they first put him on the table that holds his feet down, which makes sense. Okay, okay. That we had not seen before and exists to hold his feet down. And there's another guy that's behind Brian and Roman that I had never seen before. And do you know where that guy came from or no? Nope, and you don't see his face either. At least not yet. I didn't go to further minutes, but we'd never see his face. It's only shot from the neck down. So you see like a suit that's different than Enrique and Roberto's. He's behind. Oh, yeah, because when they when they manhandle him out, there's a third guy who grabs his like he helps them get him out. That's that's so weird, man. So there's two extra guys in this room that we had never seen before, aren't really addressed, and aren't shown in the room. It's very and what's very weird. Strange. Is like the aerial shots of Whitworth on the table. You can see the crossed arm guy behind Roman, still like his head is kind of chopped off, but the guy at his feet is not there at all. So I don't know the guy at his feet is not there. And when they show him from the side, like the bucket on the side, they don't show behind Brian and Roman. So they they cut the guy out there too. That's so weird. Like I guess it's just showing he has extra muscle in the room, but like that's supremely weird. Yes, I I think. More likely, it was like there was two other guys, and they kind of got trimmed in the movie. Probably. It's just, yeah, extra muscle, just other guys. Like, hey, you do this. And like, we don't need to see that. Yeah, I think you're right. Which makes sense, but it now feels weird to see somebody standing behind Brian and Roman without a face. Because uh, when you're looking for it, it's just like he's all over the place. Like, he's, he's in yes. every shot. It's <laughs> just that we never... But you didn't, and you don't think about it, too, because he also has, like, kind of, like, a similar suit to them. Yep. It's like, you know, Miami gangster pastel light colored suit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Miami Hispanic gangster type colored suit type Mm -hmm. situation. You're like, okay, cool. I get it. There's two extra guys in the room that we had never seen before. That's so weird. Right. So, okay. Okay. So that was my notice of this minute. Something that usually I wouldn't have caught, but just being so devoid of anything to see. And then I had to go back in the other minutes and there are there at other points you just don't see well, them. Well, so so what's weird, and I think so. This is this is this is really weird. And I'm going back to minute 61 now, where you ha- where you see the guy in the orange and black shirt, the plaid shirt or whatever, Hold grab his, his feet, right? Yep, yep. There's another guy with black sleeves behind him, unless oh, that's is there? Carter. That might be Carter. That might be Carter. No, I think I think that's Carter. I don't I, think. Yeah. I th- yeah. Okay. Because he walks from behind, but I was just like, is there another guy? But yeah, it's so weird. Right? That's pretty mind-blowing now that we watch. Because like, we're watching this minute by minute, and like we missed that there was guys in I mean, the past I'm four working minutes. while this is, you know, I'm working on like taking notes and filling things in, but I'm still like watching it multiple times. Pausing. Like, full attention. I, I don't know, man. Like, I'm I, pausing, looking. I look in the backgrounds, right? So, like, I'm constantly looking in the backgrounds. We've watched this movie 11 times. We watch the minute. We're four minutes into this, and I only caught it now. I know based on the thumbnails for these minutes that in two minutes we will be at the poker game where MC Jin is freestyling. Okay. But the next minute thumbnail is Carter and Monica in this room. So we're going to transition probably in the next minute from here to there or maybe the minute after. So we have a little bit more time in this room. So we'll have to see if these dudes, if we see faces, because like we kind of see a face, but like, as I've said before, 
the IMDb for this movie is not great in terms of the extras. I have no idea who these people are. Yeah. They're not listed. Even people who like whatever, they're just, it's, it's, they're, they're, there's, there should be more and there's not. There's so many cuts and stuff that this is happening happening in fractions of a second. So like seeing that guy's face, like do you really see that guy's face in real time in the movie that grabs his legs? No. I don't know. Super, super, super Because you like, super, have to like pause strange. it to see mm-hmm. him. Hold, like, like it makes sense. And but we had been talking about them holding his arms. Like it, there should be somebody holding his legs, but like it just never clicked. Yeah. Yeah. Carter almost gets the fuck in this minute as he says, "I'll burn your f- eyes out." But he like doesn't say it. He doesn't even mouth it. He just like. But it seems like they wanted to drop it in there and didn't. Yeah, he kind of, like, grumbles, grunts it. Yeah, that makes sense. And after a couple minutes of complaining that, like, no one, like, Brian and Roman are just sitting there, Carter, after this is all said and done, could not be happier with himself. Monica looks like Ava Mendes is acting here. She's, like, visibly yes. shaken. Yeah. She's doing great, but Brian and Roman are just like, all right, that's weird. That's un- that's not cool, but just, like, and it's sitting weird. there. <laughs> it's weird that Roman is still, like, loungy sitting Right, like kind of like laid back, like knees up type situation. Like I will give Tyrese credit that while they're doing things, he's squirming a little bit more. Paul Walker's just sitting there, and I understand that. Like <laughs> this probably took hours to shoot because there's all sorts whatever, of whatever. Yeah, they're exactly. redoing it, whatever, and like you, yeah. you, but still, do something. You're right. Ava Mendez is the star of this whole scene because she's the only one that's selling yep. for sure. The rest of them are, like, selling whenever they feel like it. She learned from the best. She learned from Flex Cavana, which is a name we did not say before, which is The Rock's first wrestling name, right? Flex Cavana, because you have to flex, and it sounds like a badass Polynesian name. That was so dumb. But I want some Flex Cavana autographs. I wonder if there was, like... I, I don't think that there was any merch. Like, you can't get, like, a Flex Cavana shirt, but I think that there is definitely I'm sure you probably could now. I mean, you know, like, I'm sure that somebody has like probably... Like, a Cafe Press, Tee Public type yes. situation. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm sure, like, after last night's episode. But I'm saying, like, classic Flex Cavana oh, yeah. shirt does not it exist. seems like he's it seems like he's Flex Cabana for, like, a minute, and then he's just like, well, now I'm rocking my Avia, right? Because it's just like, okay, he said, cool. he said, what was he? He was only in Nashville for, like, four or five months, so, like... That's not a ton of time, right? Yeah, we see one fight. He probably did like maybe a dozen. I don't know. No, I have no, no. no. Idea he, says, he says he was working seven nights, like eight shows oh, a week. Oh, okay. So he's doing a bunch. He just, okay. But it was only over four months. Like that's right. still not a, a ton, if ton if you're only in Nashville, right? Like it's. For yeah. sure. Anything else about this minute before we get to the trivia question or no? Uh, no, I, I shared my interesting new thought and I think I'm glad that you found it as interesting as I did. It's wild. That just blows my mind. Yeah. So I have a good trivia question that I really like. I need you to come up with the wrong answer because there's something, there's a little bit of a detail in this minute that I have never heard before in the 12 times I've seen this movie yes, or whatever. Yes, I agree. I was right with you. Go ahead. Which of these is not a member of Detective Whitworth's family? Because Carter has the very funny line about like, you betray me and my rat here is going to visit your wife. It's just like, you're, the rat's not. Like, I know you're using the rat as a metaphor. Like, you're going to go, right? But yeah. still... Just like, you know, the rat's going to put on a little uh, driver's cap and just drive over the house and be like, hello, I'm here to torture you. I was thinking the other way around, like, like how much do you like this rat and bucket, like, dealio to to want to, like, take it on a road show? I was wondering if it's just like, hey, we're going to torture you or, like, we're going to torture them in the same way because I just love this so much. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I was thinking, too. I'm like, I'm like, man, like, you're really into this rat, rat and bucket. Like, 
this is one of those things it's like it's a gimmick that you're like do you always have a rat in your pocket like why are you having this rat that you just carry around with you is it like a pet like what the fuck don't know man and then he's like yeah i'm taking the rat over and i'm gonna do the same thing to your wife the same thing to your kids rat in the bucket he's gonna eat through all of them and it's like okay sure yeah Yeah. cool thank you cool So, wife, Lynn, son, Clay, and daughter, Lexi. So, those are the right answers, or I guess the wrong answers, but they're the actual names. So, give us a name that sort of sounds maybe similar to those in their four-letter name, possibly. The correct answer to the question, but a wrong member, someone not in Whitworth's family. Ooh. Um, Clay, need... Lexi, Lynn. Maybe maybe another C, because we have two Cs and two Ls. Uh, not Kara, because that's Kara, and we know Kara. Something along those lines. Colt? Like Colt Cabana or Cliff? That's five letters or... Clint? Clint. Clint? Okay. Clay, Clint, Lexi, Lint. Jesus, this is going to be brutal, man. (laughs) I think Clint is a good one, right? Yeah. I think it's a fair question. I also think it's an impossibly difficult question. No, this is this is one of these that's just like, oh fuck me. There's no way you remember Wentworth's family's name that Carter mentions once. No. It's Jesus. context clues. You gotta use context clues here, guys. I'm gonna yes. get it wrong, but it was two women, one man. That's so not gonna help anybody. You're not gonna remember that. How are you gonna remember this? I how am I gonna remember this? Uh Clint Eastwood, Scott Eastwood, not the <laughs> right answer. That's what I'm gonna remember. Okay. Well, let's take a break, let's come back, and let's talk about Muppets Most Wanted. episode number 240 muppets most wanted this episode is brought to you by fairy tale mysteries colon the puppet thief once upon a time there was a man who went from town to town with songs and poetry capturing the souls of children play that on steam shout That's, out to the puppet thief. i don't i don't like that description that sounds way creepier than it did the first time and i don't know if you said the same thing i don't know if it just hit my ear different but capturing the souls of children sounds not great yeah, from generation to generation, the tale was told. Uh, I don't know. That's <sighs> I don't write this. They just give it to us. That's what I was told to say. Sorry. Well, shout out to the creepy puppet man. And welcome back to Too Fast, Too Forever. Michael McGann, thank you again for supporting us and for picking Muppets Most Wanted. Joe, I had such a weird experience watching this movie because okay. Okay. I told you before, I've never really seen a Muppet, like a full Muppets movie, but... It must have just been the marketing, because, like, there or maybe I maybe have walked in what? rooms of people watching this, but, like, I feel like a lot of this movie I have seen. Oh, weird. I have definitely seen none of this movie up until this. Well, you've seen uh, a bunch of other Muppet stuff. This is just, this one was new to you. Yes, this one was completely new. I want to hear your take on it first before I say what I say. Go ahead. How did you feel about this? If if this is so, you you never had seen any of the old Muppet stuff, which we talked about. I right? saw Muppet Babies, and I probably grew up with like okay. some Muppets, but like I've never really like Muppets were never a main thing in my life. And so I I'm sure that there's I know I know that there are a bunch of Muppet things. Yes. I have not really seen them. Yeah. 
I feel like so this came out in 2014. Yep. And I was back when I was seeing like a t- like I still see a lot of movies in theaters, but like I was seeing a ton of movies in theaters then. And I feel like I just saw the trailer for this a lot, and just like you know, I think it was probably on ABC and whatever. And so like I feel like maybe just pictures, maybe it's like clips. I will, when we watch the trailer, I'll know the from meme? that. The evil Kermit meme? Well, the evil Kermit meme for sure, but, like, I feel like the Tina Fey stuff, like, I knew that Josh Groban was at the end, like, I knew that, like, the Usher was the Usher, and so, like, I think a lot of the thing with the Muppets movies is, like, who the guest stars kind of are, to a certain extent, and I knew a lot of that, and I knew scenes and whatever, and so, I don't think I've seen this movie, but I have seen parts of this movie, but I liked it. I was hanging out with uh, friends last night who have a two-year-old, and we were watching some Bluey. Do you know Bluey? No, I have no idea what this is. So Bluey is an Australian cartoon about a family of dogs, and they're like five or seven minute long episodes on Disney+. And Bluey is great kids programming. That kids love it, but also it's like, you know, for adults who have to watch the same thing over and over and over again, it doesn't drive them as crazy as a lot of other things. Um, That's not to say that it's flawless in that regard, and especially when they're five minute episodes, you see the same thing like a hundred times. But Blue is pretty good. And so I feel like Muppets Most Wanted and most of the Muppets things is like, if I had a kid, this is something that I would I would not mind watching with them more than once because like it's fun. It's pretty breezy. Uh, again, not exactly made for me, but I enjoyed it. Good. I'm really glad you said that. So as I was going to watch this today, it, Rachel was going to go get us some lunch and she's like, I'm like, oh, do you want, like, I put it on. She, I'm like, do you care if I, like, watch it? She's like, you can watch this, and I'll, like, go do the lunch things. I put it on. I see her watching it, and she's, like, enjoying, like, the opening number because it's a musical, right? Is this her first musical for this podcast? <sighs> I know we've covered other musicals for Fuck. other places, like your favorite movie, La La Land. Exactly. But I don't know that we've done another musical. I don't know either. And as you guys know, like, I'm a notorious musical hater, uh, but I see her watching it, and I see her, like, giggling and stuff. I'm like, I'm going to wait until you get back, and we can watch this together. And and she's like, yeah, whatever. Like, I don't really care if you do watch it without me, but sure. And I'm trying to figure out, like, why, like, this feels, like, weird. Like, her perception, reception to that. And, like, as we're watching it, she's, like, giggling. She's watching. Like, you know, because she comes back, I wait for her. We, we're watching through it. And I'm like... Have you ne- also never seen any of the rest of the Muppets movies? And she's like, no, none of them. And I was right. like, oh, they're like totally up your alley. I think you'd really like them um, because I was greatly enjoying this. As somebody who doesn't like musicals, I think all the musical numbers in like the Muppets movies are really, really funny. I wish every musical kind of had the tongue-in-cheek awareness of a Muppets movie. <laughs> yeah, the, the, it is very meta. So this one picks up where the original The Muppets from 2011, which was written by Jason Siegel, who did not write this. This was written and directed by James Bobin, who was the guy who directed the first movie. But this one picks up right where the first one ends. And like, it's like a meta, just like, oh, I hope there's a sequel. But like, the sequel's never very good. And like, I think like it's very funny to be that on the nose about like what's yes. going on. Yeah, and they're like, it's not really a sequel. We've done eight of these things, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Uh, yes. Because going back, there's the original The Muppet movie from 79. There's yes. Muppets from Space. There's The Great Muppet Caber. There's Muppet Treasure Island. There's all sorts of movies. There's Muppets also the Take TV Manhattan. shows. Yes, all of that those. That was one of my favorite. I also do want to say, we did one other musical for this podcast, and I wouldn't necessarily consider it a musical, but it's definitely a musical, uh, The Blues Brothers. Oh, yeah. Definitely a musical, although we don't, yeah. 
not like a musical in quotes. Yeah, but... not like a song and dance number, but also a song and dance number, right? So Yep, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so Muppets Most Wanted the if you have not seen these, like you said before, the Kermit meme, there's evil Kermit, like I'm you, but you know, whatever, but Yeah. Yeah, I was just like, Oh right, okay, cool. Yeah. And I also felt like I, I guarantee you I've seen this trailer like 50 times and I I'm, I haven't watched it again. We'll watch it at the end. But like the whole like putting the fake mole on Kermit when Constantine and Constantine covering up his mole and just that whole like send to the gulag, like all of that felt so familiar. Like I've seen that a bunch and I, that must be in the trailer because like that's what this movie's about, right? That like Ricky yeah. Gervais and Constantine, the evil guy who looks like Kermit, uh, team up to take down this big heist. And the, they're Blame using the, the Muppets. Muppets. Yes, they're using the Muppets to, like, get to where they need to go around Europe for the next clues and whatever. And Kermit has to break out and get back to his friends and his family and all that sort of stuff, right? So that's basically, they find themselves wrapped into a European jewel heist caper headed by a Kermit the Frog lookalike and his dastardly sidekick, Ricky Gervais, playing Dominic Bad Guy. So Dominic, very on brand. I mean, those kind of jokes are so good to me. Like, I really like these corny things. For me, as someone who did grow up watching, like, the original Muppets movie and Muppets Take Manhattan, like, The Great Muppet Caper, like, I watched those a ton. I haven't seen them since I was, you know, single-digit age. Mm -hmm. But, like, I remember watching them so many times and, like, just loving everything about them. So, like, it definitely hit a lot of nostalgia for me. I'm glad that it seems like you and Rachel both enjoyed this without the nostalgia factor because they all kind of exist like this. This is a great, I like, I haven't watched any of the new ones either, but I now I'm like, I think people really liked the one before this. I think like Jason Segel yeah. was raised on the Muppets and I think people really like that original one. I know. So my plans are after we finish recording is to like, at least watch the very first Muppets movie with Rachel to, to like start going through these. The first one, like the prequel to this or like the original original? No, like the original original, like the ones that I remember from a kid. Gotcha. Like, Cause I, I think they're all on Disney plus. I think so too. And yeah. I, and I'm like, okay, like if there's eight of these, this, this will be a fun thing to just watch through because they're so gentle, right? Like they're fun. They're uplifting. They're silly. Like the jokes are good. It's clean. Like I don't mm -hmm. know. You you can't get much better than it, in my opinion, for like kids programming. I want to know like what the reception is of like children today. I think that they would still like it, but like with like you know so much like CGI and and like all this like rapid YouTube seven minute things of Bluey. You know, like you're mm -hmm. saying, like I don't know how kids would respond to this, but I think that it's pretty timeless. So like I can imagine that children would still like it. And the, I think the fun for, even if you're not a huge Muppets fan, just, I'm going to blow through this list really quickly. I'm just going to sort of read them. But like Please, in this yeah. movie, yep. in actual true cameos or as themselves or whatever, Ricky Gervais, Ty Burrell, Tina Fey, Tom Hiddleston, Salma Hayek, Ray Liotta, yep. Danny Trejo, Stephen, Stanley Tucci, Jermaine Clement, Zach Galifianakis, Frank mm -hmm. Langella, James McAvoy, Chloe Grace Moretz, Saoirse Ronan, Christoph mm -hmm. Waltz, Hugh Bonneville, Lady Gaga, Rob Corddry, Sean Combs, Josh Groban, Usher. Who else? Is there other people here? Celine Dion, Peter Serafinowicz. Mm -hmm. All in this movie for, you know, a shot or a scene or throughout the entire movie. This And this has to be one of these, like... I know we've talked about before that it's, like, not risky to do, like, um, uh, voice work 
right? Like, when we were talking about, like, animation and stuff, we were like, oh, like, if you get, like, the voice of, like, someone famous, like, either people don't recognize you or don't judge you for it, whatever, right? Like, we were talking about Zeph. It's a lot, like, I just did it for my kids, like, they just, they love the Muppets, and I really want, they always want to be in the Muppets movie, and, like, here I am, right? So. Yeah, but this, like, even on top of that, like, you get Usher being the Usher, so it's, like, a fun joke. Like, you can't be, like, like, you, nobody's getting, like, shit on in the Muppets either, you know what I mean? Yep. So, like, it's definitely along the same lines, and you could come up, show up, play yourself, you do maybe a day's worth of work, a half a day's worth of work, and, like, you get to be in a Muppets movie. It's really yep. cool. The one thing I do want to point out, just, like, it's a weird timing to watch this movie, and it's nothing like this. I'm sure it's not why Michael McGann picked this, if it is. What a dastardly bad guy but like Ricky Gervais making headlines for the wrong reason this week because he just had a new special on Netflix which is very transphobic and so like all these groups are coming out and like Netflix just can't stop getting in its own way again with like comedy specials like between Chappelle and Ricky Gervais and like I haven't seen this one I haven't really been a fan of Gervais but I think that for the most part (laughs) he's pretty innocuous here like he's playing the part he's playing the heel you're not rooting for him you're rooting against him but he's not annoying here. Like he, he's he's letting the Muppets be the star, which is what he should be doing. I agree. And um, you know, you had messaged me last night saying that Ricky Gervais is in this and how it's kind of you know an. It's like it's time just it's a bummer that's like the week that it's all happening. Like it's just yes. like this is bad timing. It's definitely bad timing. But and Rachel said the same thing. But like you said, he's definitely not the star of this right. movie. Like, the Muppets are the stars of this movie. He is the bad guy. They use him decently. And as someone who also is not, like, a huge Ricky Gervais fan, because I think that he's been kind of a dick online forever. Yeah. And that's just, like, his, like, shtick. And it's weird, but whatever. Yeah, didn't bother me in this at all. Like, he got, like, one musical number, and then, like, he's just, like, a side character. So yeah. it's not that big of a deal. In in my opinion, in like the framing of him being in a Muppets movie and us covering it right now, and like the the fact that like Ty Burrell and Tina Fey are both here and they're both so good and they're just fun and they're good to root for and just Danny like, Trejo, Danny again. Trejo as Danny Trejo, his <laughs> character's name is Danny Trejo. <laughs> yes, awesome, great. So it's just it's just fun. Uh, I do think I think it's probably just a function of the time that like. I was like, it, I think it's hard to take notes on a movie like this because I'm just like, I don't know. But Same. like, there were there yeah. were a lot of fast connections, like more than I thought. Other than just like the through line of family, I think part of that is just like the fact that it was made in 2014, more recent than I would have thought. But also just like of movies of the time. But like, it kind of feels a little bit like Furious Seven, a little bit like Fate of the Furious, a little bit yep. like Hobbs yep. and Shaw's. You yep. know, it's just it's all that stuff. But like the fact that they go to the Gulag in Siberia. And, like, that was in Fate. And then there's also, like, the prison break, which is, like, Hobbs and Shaw in Fate. And just, like, oh, this is just, like, what movies were like in the mid-2010s. The Muppets have always been kind of, like, a satire of other mm-hmm. things that they're just, like, piecing together. So they're making a globetrotting action movie, heist movie situation. So, yeah, it fit perfectly. It definitely felt very Fast and the Furious. They're, like, cut to different places. We have to break into the thing to steal the parts. Yep. We need the different halves to come together to make the thing, you know, very Tesseract and uh, not like nine situation. Yeah, all these things. I agree. The, like so, as I'm watching The Simpsons, I'm getting the things from like this. Just this is just like a Futurama episode, which is super weird because like they're both Matt Groening shows, and I think I feel like by the point I am right now in The Simpsons, he was probably much more involved, especially because like 
I think if my timeline is right, like it's the first season of Futurama, so I'm sure he's way more invested there. He's like, The Simpsons by now and season eleven's a well oiled machine, I'm gonna let them do it yeah. or whatever. And so I'm like I'm like, this just feels like a Futurama episode, but I'm like, not really like it's not like that's I think on the one hand, like understandable, but it's also like they're both just making fun of the same whatever thing that has been done a hundred times elsewhere, right? So it's like one of those kind of things where it's like the Muppets is making fun of things and the Fast and Furious is like embodying these kind of things, but it's just like these have been done in movies for like decades or whatever, right? Or like at yep. least for years, it's all over. So it's coincidentally here, but I think like we were talking about with the Rita Marino casting, it's just like, there's enough just stuff out in the world that's like, yeah, of course, like it's just like, Russia's been the villain for like 20 years or 30 years, right? So just like, yes, it makes sense yeah. that, they go to, that like nobody wants to go to Siberia. So, you know. Exactly. There also is like, to that point, like jurisdiction battles when, you know, Ty Burrell and that one Muppet are, like, fighting over, like, who gets to, like, be in charge of this case. This is FBI case. No, this is LAPD case. This is a whatever, whatever, right? So, like, it's the same kind of, like, dick measuring contest. It's just that it's funnier oh, yeah. because it's Ty Burrell and a Muppet as opposed to, like, Bilkins and Tanner or whoever, right? So I think that as an adult and if I was a parent, I definitely would enjoy this because you get fun stuff like that that you're – they're alluding to tons of movies that we have seen. Yep. And the jokes are for parents, too, right? Mm-hmm. Like, even if you're not like, oh, that's, like, overtly funny and I laughed, you're like, okay, that that's a nice little homage to, you know, dick measuring police. Yep. Two, two cops on the opposite sides have to work together. You're like, okay, yeah, I've seen this movie a hundred times. Yep, 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 yep. I think, like, the thing that really, like, wowed me in terms of the fast connections here is when Kermit goes to prison and okay. Tina Fey is just like they abandoned you like your friends gave up on you he's like they couldn't we're we're family yep yeah and then she's yep. like well nobody believes in family here in the gulag and it's like oh okay like that makes sense but it's just like he uses he uses the word family and like it makes sense because there's also found like found family or whatever but i'm just like this is so i don't know why michael picked this but i'm assuming it's like he just likes the muppets he likes his movie it's a heist movie maybe it's a family it rem- thing but like it all family, comes together yeah. in a way or just like oh yeah this is more fast and furious than i ever could have imagined as i'm watching it i'm thinking you know we talk a lot about fate and dom versus the family and how many times have we said like oh we they might as well have just made evil dom and just had him fight evil dom and that's essentially the premise of this movie like it is it, like if you just replace like kermit and constantine with dom and evil dom it this could have been a fast and the furious movie for sure absolutely like as dumb as that sounds, it really could have been a Fast and the Furious movie. Like you just like CGI over a bunch of characters with characters from the Fast and the Furious. You're like, pretty much the same thing. Like just less cars. So I think the we just did in the bonus episode for Thief. We just we we there's only really one nominee for who we're gonna have on the team, and I feel like that's the same case here. But did you have someone in mind who you would nominate for the heist team from this movie? Oh, I actually or you don't even think of... about it because it was like such a such a weird out there kind of thing. I didn't even think about it, but, like, it's obviously Constantine, It's right? Constantine, right? Because, like, number one, yes, everyone loves Kermit, and just, yep. like, having a fake Kermit there is like, oh, my God, it's Kermit. And like, well, you know, just the distraction. And also, he's such a quick learner when it comes to mimicking voices. Yeah, yeah he's real good at it. So it just makes sense. I think it has to be Constantine. Because, like, again, just like in, in Thief, it's like there's two people, and, like, we're not going to have Ricky Gervais. Like, he's like a bumbling buffoon, like, by design in this movie, right? So, like, it's either him yes. or Constantine, because they're the only ones in on the heist, and so yeah, he's yeah. number two. I will say so. We have seven votes in the f- last week's Fast Five episode with Grant locked in. In third place with one of the seven votes was Mia, nominated by you. I'm so sorry. Sorry. In second place with 
two votes, including himself, Tej, nominated by Grant, because I, I was up, so I won, I had four votes of the seven, Leon Santos, but I at one point I had four, uh, of there were four votes, and they were all for mine, I'm like, that's weird, like, I didn't think it was that great of a pick, and then it was like five votes, and one was for Tej, and I'm like, I wonder, and I collected, and Grant had voted for himself, so like, nice. that's that's his right, he's yeah, giving that's... us a dollar, he's allowed to vote for himself, but Leon Santos, officially the, the patron pick, thank you, thank you. Another it was a good choice. I'm not. I'm. I definitely wasn't upset about that one. That's good. But we're confirmed that like it's just Constantine. Yeah, they, I, I'm. I'm sorry. We're on a run here. That seems like. I mean, because Kermit wouldn't do anything bad, right? right? Like he's just trying to break out of prison. So it's like Kermit's a good. Like I guess he'd be a good morale guy for the team if you had Kermit. But like having evil fake Kermit that all we need is a little bit of green makeup. And people will think it's Kermit the Frog is like top tier, right? Because because we we could do a different lap at some point, which we probably will do. And I think I have on the the master spreadsheet of like Prison Break movies, and like if in that case, then we could have any number of people from this movie. I feel like this is a bit a wider pool oh, for yeah. Prison Break nominees than yeah. for heist nominees. But there's still you know there's, there's a good option here. I think I think Constantine is good, but yeah, Kermit would be good for morale, but Kermit would be a, a terrible heist team member. I agree, and uh, Constantine. If we need a chameleon, we could always use a frog. He just he just I takes gotcha. like like thirty seconds to learn a new voice, and he got it. He got it right. He's just like, yeah, Kermit the Frog, and I think that's also from the trailer. I've seen that a lot, so you know. I like. Oh man, all of the the accent things that they don't pick up on are so funny to me. Like when he's like, "Thank you, pig," and like, and mm-hmm. they're, they're like, "Oh, Kermit." <laughs> He calls what is he called Gonzo Zongo or something? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, I loved all of those things. And then even like Kermit's like, like you guys spent like two months with this guy and didn't notice it wasn't me. And they're like, whoa! Like Fonzie's like, it's not that bad. He looks like, like you. He sounds like you. Well, he doesn't really sound like you. He sounds like <laughs> kind of like you. And Adam was like, I knew, I knew yeah, exactly. I love in prison, and this is going to, I'm going to spoil the uh, letterboxed review later that I found for the game, oh, but okay. Danny Trejo as a triple threat singer, dancer, murderer, I think is pretty funny. I agree, and um, the idea that they were doing, like Rachel had to explain it to me because I'm not a big musical person, but the idea that they're doing Chorus Line, which is a musical about auditions for musicals as their audition for the musical of the Gulag Prison, incredible. It's pretty good. Super, yeah, super hilarious to me. Also really good was uh, Tom Hiddleston, Loki, as the Great Escapo. And they're like, well, we can't, because they're like, because Kermit's like, I have an idea how to get out. And they, we cut to the Great Escapo. Yeah. And then Tina Fey, like, shuts that down real quick. And then they actually get out the way that they get out. But it's just, it's, you know, again, it's the meta jokes. It's the funny things. It's just, it's just very smart. It's 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 done well in a way that it's it's fun to watch. And, like, it's like, oh, like, these people are funny people writing a smart movie. It's good because we grew up on some, like, really dumb kids' entertainment. Sure, yeah. Like, some really bad, dumb kids' entertainment that I still love, but, like, just all the stuff like Rocco's Modern Life and stuff like that. Like, there was, like, some jokes in there, but, like, a lot of it was just dumb. Well, I feel like Rocco's Modern Life was more, like, that one specifically, I remember watching a couple episodes of, like, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, and I felt like there's a lot more commentary on like corporate culture like all the people is, like all the yes. board the boardroom people like picking their nose like which is very dumb but it's also like there's more to the 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 joke there than like a kid is just like oh they're picking their nose that's pretty funny but it's like well 
that's what my boss does too or whatever, right? Like if I'm watching, like I hate my boss, I'm sure that they're just picking their nose or whatever. So yeah. As much as you got some of that, this is consistently smarter sure. and a lot less dumb than like that and like Ren and Stimpy and stuff like that, like cartoons that were just like overtly like weird and dumb at points. So yeah, I agree. I think that like, you know, your kids are going to like whatever they're going to like, but I think all you can really hope for is that they like a thing that's smart, that's not so painful for you to watch. Because like whenever a kid likes something, they're going to want to watch it over and over again. And like this, again, it's just better to watch than like Baby Shark or whatever, right? Just like, please just put me out of my misery. Are there any children that like aren't like, you know what? I want to watch this movie a hundred times. Maybe, probably. Because I feel like I definitely did this. My sister, it sounds like you did this. You know, like, you find, like, a couple things that you're like, this is great. I hear all the time, like, you know, all about these, like, kids that are, like, sucked into Baby Shark or frozen on loop and all this bullshit. And you're like, is it just, like, a natural thing that we all do and why? It's weird. I I don't know. Like, I think it's just, like, you find a thing... Because I, I think it's interesting to think about, like, when, you wa- when you're a kid and you watch a thing and you, like, you don't know that, like, things are bad. You just assume that all movies are good. And you, like, eventually you watch a movie, like, oh, that wasn't good. Like, I don't know why I thought movies were good. Like, all the movies that I've seen, I loved, right? Or, like, yeah. because you've <laughs> yeah. seen fewer things, like, there's less bad stuff or whatever. And, like, even if a thing's not bad, like, if it's your first movie or, or even if a thing is bad, if it's your first movie, like, this is, a ma- this is amazing. This is magical or whatever, right? So <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like, I know that when I was little, and this is why when I was a guest on Wistful Thinking for their first episode, that we did Casper because like I don't know what it was about Casper that I love but like I remember we rented Casper had to be 30 or 40 times I don't know why we didn't buy the VHS but every time we went to the movie store all I wanted to watch was Casper and so we rented Casper and like it was that in the first Home Alone I think maybe both Home Alones and like Richie Rich and like that was basically it like those are like the movies that I watched over and over and over again and I don't know why like they're fun they're good but like I don't know what it was about those that like captured my brain but it wasn't like I was watching a hundred different movies it was like really kind of those four and again no offense but those aren't like the greatest movies right like probably not like I mean they're fun and cool but like to pick those to like be the ones to watch over and over again it's not like this was like even like high cinema for like animation or something you know like this is like yeah. Just just movies. They're, they're just like movies of the time that were like mildly popular, like not even that exciting. So couldn't figure it out. Nope. I like that Constantine eventually wins over Miss Peggy, even though she's kind of skeptical about it all. But by making her even more family, by proposing to her, he's like, I know the way to her heart. Like, let's make her family. But then that family move isolates the rest of the family because she's like, all right, and I got what I want now. So like, you're all on your own. Like you want to be on your own anyway. They're like, uh, not really. Like we were a family. And so, you know, that one move makes people fa- more and less family. And like, that's kind of like the, almost like the pivot point where they're like, this isn't Kermit. Yes. And that's how she ultimately finds out that it's not Kermit. Cause she like tests them. She's like, should we get married? And like real Kermit's wishy-washy and mm-hmm. Constantine's like, yes, immediately let's do yep. it. Yep. It's pretty good. Pretty, pretty yeah. good. It's also amazing to me that in the, you know, after Constantine is found out at the wedding, he turns on his bomb, whatever, and the bomb is in her wedding ring. And I'm just like, this is just like the tracker being in the necklace. Yep. And it's just like a piece of jewelry that doubles, especially like a a silver and red piece of jewelry. I mean, the, the necklace is mostly silver, but like a silver and red piece of jewelry that doubles as like a high piece of a a piece of high technology. Just like this is so Again, not new. Like, it wasn't the Fast and Furious the first time, but, like, it's weird. It's a weird coincidence. 
it's a, it's very very weird coincidence there was a lot of these even just like you know them getting married and everybody else being like well what do we do now situation mm-hmm. There's another moment in that wedding scene or in the church scene that Frank Langella says a line. He's the priest marrying them. Yep. And he says a line that I feel like we've talked about, we've danced about in the movies we've watched. And it feels like every character off screen is probably saying where he goes like they crash through a window or whatever. He goes, it's only 800 years of history. Like just yeah. like <laughs> yeah. as they're dragging a, street, a, a safe through the streets of Rio, just like, you know, that was just another another city block. You know, that's just another $2 billion in damage. Like, all right, whatever. I guess yeah, it's not a big deal. Suck a car through a building in yep. in F nine, and you're like, yeah, that's fine. Destroy a whole housing development. You're like, oh, yeah. So I think just now, as we're recording this episode, Reaction Rocket re- replied to our tweet because I do the preview tweet like, hey, next week on Too Fast Too Forever, and he yes. said, which Muppet is which fast character? I mean, Kermit is obviously Dom, but who else? Ooh. This is going to be you, because I don't really know the, the Muppets. Like, I know the Muppets, but I don't know the Muppets well enough. So if Kermit is Dom, does that make... Le- I feel like Letty as Miss Piggy does not track. No, because Miss Piggy's badass. I, so there's, like, usually a thing... I was convinced that Miss Piggy would beat up Tina Fey, because I feel like, from nostalgia memory, that, like, Kermit usually gets hit on by a woman, and Miss Piggy's like, that's my man, and, like, slaps the shit out of the woman. Okay. Fonzie's Brian, then? (laughs) Sure. Okay, cool. The only reason I was saying that Miss Piggy is not Letty is because Kermit is not, like, it's Dom never has reservations about marrying or being with Letty. And Kermit's just like, well, I don't know. But he's just wishy-washy. He's just wishy-washy as a, that's, like, his character traits. Okay, fair enough. They, They match in stature of, like, hierarchy of where they are in the family, but, like, character traits-wise. That's okay. what I'm saying, like, Fonzie has to be Brian, because, like, Dom and him are best friends, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's fair. Who's Gonzo? G- uh, I feel like Gonzo gotta be Tej. Okay. Why is that? I don't know, because he's, like, kind of screwing up, but, like, also, like, actually or is te- does... Or is Tej Roman? Or is Gonzo Roman, I mean? Uh, so the I main character, like, Kermit is Dom, Miss Piggy is Letty. Who's yes. Fozzie Bear? You said Fozzie's Brian? Yeah, Fozzie's Brian because he's Kermit's best friend. Is Gonzo Roman or is Gonzo Tej? He might be... Because yeah, if you're he saying he's be... screwing up, like that feels more like a Roman thing. Yeah, he might be Roman. I don't know her name, but like the one with like the long blonde hair, that one would kind of have to be like Mia. Like the one that was like, oh, like far out. Like this one. Okay, okay. Because she's kind of like an auxiliary character. Who else are like the main Muppets? I looked on the main Muppets oh, on the wiki. And, the like, two it's, critics, it's... the two critics that are in the movie, gotta be like no, Mister Nobody and Little Nobody, or you know Leo and Santos too. Just like a, they're a bickering, like a. I like no, I like that's Mr. the bomb nobody. guys. Yeah, that's the bomb crew. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. That's who I would make Leo and Santos is like the the crew that was like bomb, 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 like those guys. Who's is Be- Beaker is probably Tej. I feel like Beaker is Tej. Ooh, no, no, not Beaker, the the scientist. Beaker yeah, is the like... one that gets exploded. Oh, 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 yeah. What's his name? Doctor Bunsen Honeydew. Yeah, that's it. That's definitely okay. Tej. Okay, so Gonzo is Roman. That makes who's, sense. Who's Animal? Mm. I feel like Animal is another one of the main fast characters. Hmm. Definitely. Maybe John Cena. Okay. Right? And then, oh, and then um, the dad from Modern Family could be Hobbs, or is the bird Hobbs, like the bird cop from the CIA. Ooh. 
I feel like they're they're almost Hobbs and Shaw. I mean, Shaw's not a cop, but like they are Hobbs and Shaw. But which one's which? Ty Burrell is playing a Frenchman, and that's closer to the UK. So I feel like Ty Burrell okay. and Shaw. <laughs> yes, and he also is like more proper. Like you're, yeah, all the European jokes for sure. So right? yeah, so that makes Hobbs Sam Eagle. He's Sam the Amer. His name is Sam the American Eagle. I mean, come on. Yeah, that's Mr. True. America, Captain America, basically, right? Okay, definitely, definitely. Who do we got the left? The Swedish chef. Is he one? Of, is he someone of note for 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 our family? Ooh, uh, no, I don't think we have like any real foreigners, right? I mean, they're all foreigners. That's kind of the, that's kind of the thing, right? Like, no, but all... I'm. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I don't know. I feel like that's. I feel like that's a good pretty. So we have Dom as Kermit. Yes. Is there okay? Here's the thing: Are there any main family members that we're missing? Because we've done Dom, we've done Letta, we've done Mia, we've done Brian, we've done Tej and Roman, Hobbs and Shaw, Han and Giselle. And Who are they? Who are they? Han and Giselle. Mm, I don't know. I mean, is Giselle the Swedish chef? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't yeah. really make sense, but we're running out of options here. They, they that makes that makes sense. Are most Muppets dudes? I guess most Muppets are dudes. Yeah, there's like a few girls, but there's not many. Okay. Okay. Ramsey, we don't have a Ramsey. Yeah, that that works for me. That wow, Fair that was pretty Fair good enough. though. That yeah. was a good good rundown. I like that. And then the only other note that I took that I have for this is that in the end, as expected, family prevails. That you know they are able to do the what was it the Muppet stack or whatever. Like they are able to win the Muppet ladder. Yeah. Muppet ladder be triumphant. Love wins. Yeah, and even Tina Fey like lets Kermit out of jail because because he has family. He proved that his family, yeah. And then he's like, "All right, we're gonna do one more show, one night only, in the Gulag in Siberia." And they go there, and you know, it's great. And then poor Tina Fey, she gets time for a solo. The end. It gets cut. Yeah, I love it. So there is the only trivia. Like, there's not a lot of trivia about this that was like interesting. I looked at the trivia and I was just like, mm, whatever. So it's an hour 47 minutes. It's the longest Muppet movie to date. And there's an extended edition on Blu-ray, which is not on, it's not the version on Disney+. Plus. I don't know what this is. It adds 12 minutes. That makes it a two-hour, which feels way too long. Like, I feel like this is... I'm sure it's just um, maybe, like, another musical number or, like, longer musical numbers. If that's I probably had to fair. Yeah. But I feel like anytime you can, like, just cut things out, like, the difference between, like, two hours and, like, an hour 45 is so big... Especially because, like, is. there's probably, like, ten, like, there's fun credits. Like, there's the fireworks credits. There's, like, you know, them, pull, like, literally pulling the credits up, like, the text up the screen. Like, that's all good. I like that. But, you know, the fact that this is, like, an hour, probably 35-ish, and then there's, like, 10 minutes of that, like, it, it feels like a good length. And it moves, and it books, and, like, it's cool. A two-hour thing, even if it's, like, a lot of credits or whatever, just like, I don't, I don't want that. I, I agree. Uh, the breeziness is definitely helpful, for sure. Yeah. And no offense to the Muppets or this movie in particular, just like, I, you know, if you're, if the difference between like a two hour, like an hour 40, almost always shorter movie. Yep. Did you have any other notes, any other thoughts about Muppets Most Wanted? I cut them all in, but I have one last one, and it was actually, I have to attribute it to Rachel, she caught it. Okay. When they're doing, um, I'm number one, he's number two, mm-hmm. like that musical number, mm-hmm. he starts out, he's on the piano, and he goes like, I'm number one. And then he's like, space, 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 you're number two. He quadruple spaced them. Oh. Yeah, I didn't catch it, but she did. And I thought it's a Zack Attack reference. Exactly. But I'm glad that way I finally saw this because when I got to see the evil Kermit meme, I was like, oh shit, this is where this is from. There hasn't been another Muppet movie since this, right? Like, I think they've talked about it, but I don't think that there's been like a main theatrically released Muppets movie since I- this. 
I have absolutely zero idea because like I haven't thought about the Muppets in so long, but it's totally reinvigorated my love of them. And like I said, I'm going to probably blow through all the previous movies in the next week. Sure. Okay. Fair. The first one is Jason Siegel writing it and starring in it with Amy Adams. And so this movie begins and they're looking at the fireworks, but just their backs because they're not in yes. this movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, so it's those. And then, you know, like we said, there's a bunch from the 70s and 80s and whatever, and even before maybe so, or 90s, who knows what. But like, yeah, there's a bunch of the movies. I think they're all on Disney+. Plus. There's like the Muppets Zone or something. What do they call it? Hold on. There's like a oh, whole like a Muppet search. Zone? I think when you call, uh, that's just like what they call the section on Disney. Oh, I didn't see that. I just like I guess I just was searching for the movie and or maybe missed it and it didn't show up on here. It showed up somewhere else, but there's on there there's the Muppets and Muppets most one, the new ones. Haunted Mansion, Muppets Now this might be some T V specials too. Treasure Island, The Muppet Show, The Muppet Movie Original, The Muppets, which is a TV series, The Great Muppet Caper, a Muppets Christmas, Letters to Santa, Muppet Christmas Carol, Muppet Babies, Muppet Babies Show and Tell, Muppet Moments, and Muppet Babies Playdate. So there's like 15 different Muppets things on Disney, including some TV shows, so that doesn't, lots of that stuff. That doesn't seem like all the movies, though. No, but I'm sure, you know, they're probably out there in one way or another, so. Oh, yeah, here's the, like, things at the top, Muppets Babies. I don't think I ever watched Muppet Babies. I only watched, I think I watched the show, I watched a bunch of The Great Muppet Caper, maybe that was the one I'm thinking? Yeah, that, The Muppets Take Manhattan was one that I remember I really, really liked, but I can't find that here, so... The Muppets Take Manhattan from 1984, directed by Frank Oz, is available to stream. It's on Tubi with ads for free. Oh, cool. Nice. And then you can rent it without ads for like three or four bucks just about anywhere else. But yeah, it's apparently on Tubi if you want to watch that for free. So cool. Cool. Yeah. All right, Joe, you want to watch a trailer for this movie? I would love to. So there's a Muppets YouTube channel, which is the one that posted this. So this is two minutes and 30 seconds long. Official trailer, Muppets Most Wanted, The Muppets, 4.2 million views, two minutes and 30 seconds. Let me know when you are ready to do this thing. I'm ready whenever you are, brother. All right. Three, two, one, play. I, I think I've seen this a million times. I'm curious to see if you have has stolen the greatest treasures. Okay. Escaped the greatest prisons. And he bears a strong It's fun that they're not uh, until there. Yeah. To someone. That like it took all that time before you actually saw a Muppet, right? So Yeah. Pretty funny. It's Constantine, the world's most dangerous frog. Check this out. Does he have a French accent sometimes and a Russian accent other times, or is it just a Russian? I don't remember. Who, Constantine? Yeah. I think it's all over the place, and I think it's kind of the joke. It's just like, how okay. do you not tell yeah. if he's not Kermit? Because he can't. He doesn't sound the same. He doesn't sound like Kermit, so. Yeah. Yeah. See? I've seen that a bunch. Yeah. I am Kermit. And now you guys have all the freedom you want. What? When do I do the indoor running of the bulls? Yeah, the all of these things are so much fun. Selma Hayek, we didn't mention her. She's in it. Dominic, bad guy? Also, that, incredible. Like, they just tell you who the bad guy is off the rip. I really love it. Like that's like the that's in the first like six or seven minutes of the movie, right? It's just that's like what I very, mean, yeah. very, very quick, very early. And they just like lay it on you, like he's the bad guy. Don't yep. worry about it. Yeah, the movie doesn't make you think, but like in a good way, right? Just like yes. just sit back, relax, and like enjoy these like gentle family jokes. Yep. 
And we always laugh. It's like, you know, expect the audience to be smarter. And it's like, well, yep. not when you're doing a kid's show that's like Zach Galifianakis, Puff Daddy. Waka Waka, yeah. Because the other thing like about this trailer is that like you know like literally any audience like they could, I think they probably put this before like every movie because like for kids movies obviously for like adult movies like there yep. you know, there might be kids in there or you know you grew up with the Muppets or whatever so I just feel like every movie I saw in 2014 2013 whatever had this yeah. even and even I don't watch trailers I'm just like I get it yeah. I am not Constantine. That's a good joke, too. Tina Fey's great, man. I love her. Tina so. Fey is great in this movie. She's a lot of fun. I agree. So. All right. Time for the letterbox game. Oh. So for reference sake, Mad Max. I didn't even look at the numbers. I don't even know if this is going to be easy or hard. Mad Max Free Road, one of the most popular films of Letterbox, 1.1 million views. Muppets Most Wanted, 2014. Directed by James Bobin, starring Ricky Gervais, Ty Burrell, Tina Fey, Stephen White Whitmore who voices Kermit and Statler and Beaker and Lips and Rizzo and Fufu, has been seen by how many people? 125,000. You are too high. Uh, 80,000. You're much closer, still too high. 63,000. 75, 179. 75,000 people have seen this. Average rating of 3.0. I looked up the 2011 one, had a 3.5, so people like that one more, but this is a heist movie, so this is why we did it here. Yeah. Most common rating, overwhelmingly a three. People are just like, yeah, it's a good movie. Yeah. Three stars. How many out of those 75,000 have this in their top four? Uh, seven. Way too low. Really? Yep. A hundred? Still too low, but you're much closer. One more guess. 115. 130 people have Muppets Most Wanted in their top four. That's insane. That's really high to me. We're going to Jacob Wayne at Jacob Wayne, who did two reviews. The one I chose was singer slash dancer slash murderer, Danny Trejo. So Jacob Wayne has top four favorite movies. Muppets Most Wanted, he's number four. Number three is a movie we have mentioned in this episode a couple times. We've mentioned it in this episode a couple times. Is that another Muppet movie? Nope. Ooh, um, hmm mentioned in this episode a couple times at least once maybe just once but at least once okay give me a little more uh it's your favorite movie it's literally no oh la la land la la land this is number three favorite movie la la land and muppets most wanted number one is a movie that we've done for this podcast that we've had in this game a lot that you never seem to remember Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. We've never done this for this podcast. We've never done Sp- Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse for the podcast. Yeah, I'm saying his number one movie we've done for the podcast. Oh. Mm-hmm. Back to the Future. Back to the Future. There yeah. you go. You finally got it. Yes, I'm getting there. American the Psycho. FAQ. American Psycho, the last one. American Psycho. No. Fuck. When at Doc's house in 1955, why does Marty say he's come from a long way away when in reality he only came from across town? Because he came through time. You fucking idiot. That's, hey, that was good trivia. It's the FAQs, man. I don't know. The second one is kind of hard. The thing was, I I looked at a bunch of these and like a lot of, like not a lot of them, but about half of them. So maybe a lot of them, depending on how you define a lot. About half of them were just like Muppets 2011, Muppets 2014, Muppets Take Manhattan, and some other random ass movie. I'm like, this is Yeah, yeah. So this fourth one, I don't know that you've seen it. I don't know that you know it, but it's a Coen Brothers movie from about a decade ago. 
which is a very big hint and narrows it down tremendously. I have no idea. Stars Oscar Isaac. Nope. Keep going. It's him carrying... <laughs> I like that if you know the movie. It's just like, oh, it's, it's the one movie that they did together. Him carrying a cat almost the entire movie. Him as a musician. No idea. Carrie Mulligan, John Goodman, Garrett Hedlund, Justin Timberlake, and Adam Driver in... What was it? Inside Lewin Davis. No, never seen it. There you go. That's another musical, cool, though. though. Another musical. So It is? Inside Lewin Davis is a musical? It's kind of a musical. He's a musician. So I don't, I don't know if I would call it a musical, but there's definitely music throughout it. Okay. That's a good cast. Is the, like, would I like this movie? I'm not going to ask you if it was good or not, because I'm sure that it's good. But, like, would I, I like this movie? I only saw it once in theaters. I didn't love it because it's very depressing. And I was just like, I don't want to see this. But, like, Oscar Isaac's If you great. say that this movie is depressing, that's a terrible sign for this well, movie. Well, you know, in Greenwich Village in the early 1960s, gifted but volatile folk musician Lewin Davis struggles with money relationships in his uncertain future following the suicide of his singing partner. Doesn't sound like a movie for me. Guess that's why I haven't seen it yet. So a lot of people, I mean, this is one of the ones that like people like an average rating of four on Letterboxd, four and then five stars, the most common reviews. People love this movie. I only saw it the once. I want to see it again, but it's just like, I don't want to see a crabby guy on screen the entire time, but like, I get it. I want to see it again. I just yeah. haven't, but. Makes sense. So three musicals or three music movies. We got Muppets Most Wanted and La La Land and Inside Lewin Davis. And then Back to the Future has, you know, music, you know, is a big, a big deal in it. So. Music is a big deal. Yeah, there's there is a musical number in it. There definitely is. So Jacob Wayne, the music guy. I was thinking about that when we were watching Thief uh, the other day. There's another shot uh, before they go to the like bar, like before he arrives at the bar. That there's like another shot of a band, and I was like, I get that we have like tons of music in movies now, and like lots of popular songs, but like we often don't get a shot of like a band in movies as much as we did. Sure. Yeah, that's fair. Like, cause like, we, and, I, and then I was thinking like, oh, in Fast and the Furious, we get the like T-Pain DJ thing, but I guess now it's just like DJs kind of have replaced that. Yeah, I feel like bands aren't really around. Like you think of like Roadhouse, there's the band in the yes. cage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't know. Well, thank you once again to Michael McGann for yeah, picking thank you. this movie. I'm excited. Thank you, Michael McGann, because... I will now watch a bunch of old Muppets movies for like the next week. So I appreciate you for doing that. Yeah. So the next three weeks, we're doing something special. I don't remember if I said on the podcast or not, but I'm going to Spain for two and a half weeks for a music festival. Thank you so much. So Joe, you and I have already recorded and I've edited and scheduled commentary tracks for the first three Fast and Furious movies. So the next three Tuesdays on June 7th, June 14th and June 21st, the Fast and the Furious, Too Fast, Too Furious, and The Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. We watch those together. I mean, separate, mm-hmm. but together at the same time. Yes, and record a commentaries. So the thinking is, oh, start the episode. We will tell you when to play the movie. Watch the movie while you listen to the episode. Uh, you don't have to. I think it probably would be better to. But also, you could just, you know, sit back and enjoy. And maybe if you're not watching the movie, like, speed up the, the, the playback a little bit. Because there's probably going to be gaps in there. But... I think we like and and like from what I remember, like the first one kind of goes off the rails a little bit. Maybe the second one too. We talk about some weird stuff. That's it was not, fun. Yeah, it was. It, it's good. Like I enjoyed it. But we definitely talk about some weird stuff at points that are like things that I don't think we ramble about too much during the episodes. Although we talk about a lot of weird stuff. So yeah. who knows. So those are the next three movies we're doing. The original first three movies. One, two, three. 
after that, on June 28th, at the end of the month, we are back with Fast and Furious 6. So we'll go from the pit stops from there for the next three weeks. Commentary tracks. So no break, no interruption, no repeated content. Uh, there's going to be all new stuff for you the next three weeks. Just commentary yep. tracks for the first three movies. So hopefully they're good. And if you like them, uh, we'll probably do more... Probably more so for the Patreon, and we're going to have a poll for the patrons if we want to do some bonus episodes of those instead of just, like, regular episode episodes, but, you know, because the, the Patreon can get weird with it and do, like, other movies that aren't just the Fast and Furious, like we could do Point Break, I think we talked about, like, there's definitely more things we could do, but on the main feed, eventually, I guess the goal would be to do commentaries for all, yes, however many movies at some point, right, so... I will be back later. No breaking content. Just keep emailing in. Like, I would love to come back to a really overflowing email. Ooh, bag. that would be fun. Because we've had, you know, it's it's summer. War- weather's getting warmer. People getting busier. People oh, you need to take a bunch much. of stickers. You need to take a bunch of stickers with you to sticker everywhere. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, I always forget to do this, and Rachel always mentions it. And, like, I leave them in, like, the side door of my car. But I always forget to, like, put them in, like, we'll see, like, a a telephone pole that has like a bunch of stickers on it. She's like, oh, throw a sticker on that. I'm like, well, I don't fucking have them. So yeah, thanks, Rachel. No, I mean, the idea is great. It's my fault for I sure. Get <laughs> yeah. I get it. For all things Too Fast Too Forever, you go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash Too Fast Too Forever or at Too Fast Too Forever on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, family at cageclub.me. Check out our Patreon page at TooFastTooForever.com and our store at TooFastTooForever.shop and come back the next three weeks for commentary tracks. Or if you don't want to listen to those, come back in four weeks for Fast and Furious 6. But I do hope, I think you'll enjoy the commentary tracks. I hope you enjoy those. And just I do agree. that thing. Yeah. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe too. And we will tell you all about it. When Joey gets back 